0: Hello everybody and welcome to the HSJ Health Check post-election analysis special. I'm Dave West, HSJ Deputy Editor, and we are going to talk this week about two things broadly following on from the general election result. Firstly, what the outcome, a Conservative government with a large majority, means for health and care policy. And secondly, now the election period is out the way, the NHS has some immediate and big priorities it will be very quickly needing to deal with and we're going to identify the most important of those. Here with me are HSJ Health Check regulars Annabel Collins and James Illman, who have nobly agreed to join me to chew over these topics, just hours after the election result and what was a bit of a late night for some. And I'm going to start myself by reflecting on a few things about what the returning of what is a very large, conservative majority government means for health and care policy. Firstly, there's the question of how they will approach um, health and care policy and funding in the broad overall sense. The Conservatives have made during the election campaign and since Boris Johnson was elected leader a very big prominent priority of the NHS um, with some high, high profile commitments which we'll talk about in more detail shortly. And they will clearly want to go on and start trying to deliver those quickly. Um, but an outstanding question is whether in government they will really embrace and run with this uh, love of the NHS which they've made front and centre and therefore would potentially continue in a vein of seeking to help it out or whether they don't really have the the resource or bandwidth or or inclination to to build on that and keep it front and centre. In other words, do the, does the Conservative government stick to the letter of their commitments or at least stick to the, seek to stick to the letter of the commitments they've made? Or do they seek to spi- stick to the spirit of their love and engagement and, uh, and, and hugging and support of the NHS, uh, which, which given the results last night, in, in, uh, including huge gains in, in many Labour heartlands, seems to have worked out for them? Secondly, in um, a related point, the, the Conservative government with a, with a large majority has an opportunity, if it wants to, to get more involved in shaping NHS policy itself. Whereas uh, for the last few years, Conservative governments have, have largely outsourced the majority of NHS policy to NHS England and particularly to Simon Stevens as, as Chief Executive of NHS England. Do they change that kilter now? They, um, now they have a majority government and, and decide to get get involved. Um, uh, and indeed, related question, how long does Simon Stevens want to stick around as NHS England chief executive to engage in that process? We don't yet know. Very much a related question to the way that the, the Conservatives will approach health policy is is what happens with the Secretary of State for health um, Matt Hancock um, is has is, is been in post for, um, for for a little while now but still not a very long period but has got to know got to know health policy um, to a degree um, and there's a question of whether whether he'll be reshuffled out of the post and replaced by someone who has less understanding and perhaps could take a rather different tack the uh, the indication so far is that there won't be a very large reshuffle this side of Christmas but it's not impossible that that, that Matt Hancock um, is moved on um, either either now or into the into February March next year which would of course shape how that how the party and government approaches the the NHS moving on to the the specific um, policy itself so the the policy policy itself and the commitments the government has made to, uh, on the NHS through the through the campaign um, probably the the biggest things were um, were the building of hospitals, so capital funding, um, workforce, and money itself. Um, and mentioning first the hospitals, there's been a, a lot of back and forth during the during the campaign about the Conservatives uh, as they announced their commitment to build 40 hospitals. Um, in fact they have committed more specifically funding to, to building or substantially redeveloping six hospitals, but because there's been such enormous um, debate about this 40 number, they are g- there's going to be substantial pressure on them to, to start work and, and, and develop uh, uh, detailed plans for, for more big building projects um, fairly quickly. So I think we'll start to see work on that. The NHS itself will of course be be pushing for, for that to happen because there's urgent need for developing of developing uh, uh, facilities, and it will be looking to get get clarity on the, the, the capital funding budgets um, over the next uh, next year and in the subsequent years. Really important for the NHS to get multi-year capital funding budgets. So that's what they'll be seeking um, g- straight away from the new government. I would strongly suspect. Linking back to, to the point I made about whether the government sticks to the letter of its commitments, I building hospitals or whether it wants to go further and actually make capital building commitments beyond, beyond hospital care, which of course the NHS has, uh, many in, the, in and around the NHS have, have been quick to point out that, that there is huge need for capital development in particularly mental health services and elsewhere, primary care and, 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 and others, um, and so whether so the NHS will be seeking to persuade government that it actually wants to spend capital beyond, um, beyond the acute sector. Now, on workforce, there's uh, uh, more big numbers have been thrown about and debated and uh, fact-checked back and forth, um, f- particularly prominent, the 50,000 commitment to grow nursing numbers by 50,000. Um, but Annabelle, delivering on, on these, these uh, issues and um, uh, uh, making a reality of, of an improved workforce situation for the NHS will, will not be straightforward at all.
1: No, um absolutely not and I think everyone is all too familiar with that 50,000 number now and I think perhaps you could argue that maybe that has cut through. Um I think um it's it's not s- super helpful but I think it's quite I think it's quite unclear um the tack they're going to take. Um so we know a large proportion I think the largest proportion of that that number was um made up of um international nurses and um i think going forward there's going to be a a greater reliance on migrants in the nhs and um therefore therefore i think um the question around nhs visas and how easy will it be for people to to come from europe and beyond europe um, to come and work in the uk um so yeah i think that their nhs policy on workforce um will go hand in hand with their with their um, immigration policy that's Apparently, still being refined.
0: So, big question about whether um, about the detail of the the numbers that lie behind fifty thousand, and turning that into reality. About getting the money to come in um, uh, behind that, because during the the conservatives have made various uh, sort of spending pledges that, that are behind their their um, workforce promises, uh, I believe, uh, through the campaign.
1: Um, yeah. So I, th- I'm, I'm not thinking
0: so- of um, the money for for bursa- for uh, uh, for. Um, yeah no absolutely and yeah another um, workforce uh, education yeah I be. think
1: the bursary is probably the the, the, the biggest thing at the moment um, although in their manifesto the word bursary wasn't actually used as it's I think it's quite a politically charged term for the Tories um, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I um, think well they they're referring it to, they're, they're talking about maintenance grants so. Um, Basically, um, something, anything between five and eight thousand um, pounds a person, um, which suggests there's a range, and it will be mean tested. Um, I think the, I mean, after talking to a few people in the nursing world at an event I was at yesterday, speed is of the essence with this maintenance grant. I know I'm focusing on nurses right now, but that is the real pressure point in the NHS workforce. Um, they need to set out clearly what their intentions are because people are applying to start nursing courses now mm. people need to know now mm. um, if that decision isn't made sooner rather than later that will impact the intake 2020 um i think that if they just if it, they, they kind of pontificate and, and don't come up with a decision quickly um i've been told that there are there are real concerns that um some students might take a year out and wait for this Maintenance grant to come in, so perhaps there could there be another year of of um. A, I mean, I don't don't wouldn't want to say necessarily another dip. But another year without this much-needed extra support for nurses. Yeah,
0: and we can see from the analysis you've covered in in recent weeks that without every kind of uh, every iota of effort going in, it's really, really difficult to get um, homegrown uh, uh, registered nursing numbers up um, without without every uh, sort of sinew being strained. And so, yeah,
1: absolutely. I know it takes a long time as well. I mean, nurses, although they they. Take on clinical placements and trusts and are w- effectively working um, almost straight away. Uh, it takes yeah. a while to, to grow a nurse as it does a doctor, um, which is, I mean, there was a lot of controversy around retention being part of that 50,000. But I think if the messaging was different, like we know the NHS people plan and the modelling that's being done by NHSI and others and Health Education England, retention is a big part of it. And yeah, of course, it's important to retain your staff. So, um, yeah
0: mm, mm, and, mm. and big picture this has been really prominent so over the next few um few months and years uh, the sector and and members of the public um unions etc are going to be closely watching those numbers and 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 keenly uh, tracing whether numbers do go up in mm. in nursing and, and commitments made in general practice as well yeah so.
1: absolutely don't ask is about to say yeah it's not just about nurses of course um doctors um gps as well there was i think a commitment for six thousand additional gps um we know um that potentially there could be kind of they want to sort of change the change the um training system um to bring them in Mm. earlier but again real lack of clarity about what that exactly means how that's going to make a difference i think um pledging more gps is quite tricky as if we're growing them growing them if we're um if they're kind of um, from our domestic pipeline, that obviously takes even longer than nurses. So coming back to my original point about international recruitment, it's just absolutely crucial. And if they're going to, if the Tories are now going to boost the NHS workforce, that has got to be their main lever.
0: Mm, and there's a, there's a big debate the NHS will be getting stuck into about about um about migration policy including in mm. relation to the care care workers beyond the NHS which we've we've talked about. Well yeah no well.
1: absolutely and, and we've we've heard about the NHS visa. So a half price visa for EU staff, I think that's around four hundred ninety five pounds. And we know that employers will initially be covering the cost of that, but initially doesn't mean forever. So it would be I think again it would be very interesting, potentially alarming to track over time um, the number of EU staff coming to work in the UK once once they have to pay for their own visa because they haven't had to pay that before. They've just been able, you know, freedom of movement, they've been able to come and work here um, free of charge and that could be detrimental, I don't know. Um, and, and also social care as well. I mean, um, we asked um, Matt Hancock, what it would mean for social, whether there would be a potentially a, the same visa for social care and um, there's no clear answer. And obviously the NHS depends on social care staff hugely.
0: Mm-hmm, indeed. Um, so, one of the other um, one of the other commitments in the Conservative manifesto is to um, enshrine in law the NHS long term plan and the spending commitments attached to it that the Conservatives have have already made. Um, and to do this by March, uh, the, the manifesto declares. Um, so there will, I, I believe, we're expecting a Queen's speech, an updated Queen's speech before Christmas, which we would expect the government to put forward proposals for for this bill um, and the expectations that it will take forward a lot of the a lot of um, and perhaps all of the proposals put forward by nhs england uh, after a process of consideration a couple of months ago i think the big outstanding questions there are how much will the government seek to change to change what NHS England has put forward will it put forward uh, most of that with some important um, refinements? will it um, be, uh, uh, and which relates back to that question of who's the Secretary of State and how involved does the government want to get in the NHS? And I think the second question on on that by March issue is is the speed of things because even with a large majority going through parliamentary process does take time um, and there are substantial elements of the proposals which haven't been refined in great detail. So I, uh, I still think that the idea of having this all sorted by March is, is a little unlikely. The question of putting NHS funding into legislation is presumably uh, sort of, um, was just there for the political um, uh, benefits of, of talking about the money, um, but is, is an interesting one and uh, to see how that develops. On the funding, the the overall sums of funding that we're likely to see under the Conservatives, we've already touched on the uh, substantial but in the great scheme of things not enormous sums that have been committed for education and training spending and, and in r- relation to general practice to going into... Um, general NHS revenue spending and and commitments made to spend money spend capital on new hospitals. But what the Conservatives have um, have not done I- during the election campaign is set out overall spending growth plans for the NHS over several years, which is something the Labour Party chose uh, to do and the Conservatives stopped short of. So the important question now is is for the government to fill in those. Boxes, um, ideally from the from the NHS's point of view, very important for them for the government to fill in those boxes quite quickly. Uh, budgets uh, likely sometime early next year, but the NHS will be seeking to try and get more clarity more quickly than that, and for them to fill in the 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 spending boxes over a period of several years uh, rather than than simply a kind of piecemeal. Here's what you'll get next year, and we'll talk about the future at another time. So I think that's where the where the disu- important discussion will be will be on that. Let's move on now, though, because uh, in addition to to the slightly more long-term policy questions, there are some really big things happening in the NHS related to the election campaign, but but not entirely depending on it, and which with now um, the the general election period out the way. The NHS will be will be confronting these head on, and indeed, in the case of uh, winter, and performance already is. Um, so, could I ask you, um, James, as our as our performance and Brexit correspondent, to to talk first of all about winter and where the NHS finds itself on that uh, in brief? Okay, yeah.
2: So uh, today, the monthly data came out um, for November uh, in terms of the accident emergency. Uh, for our performance, and also the sitrep data reporting period began. Um, that, that began um, started as well, so that reports on various metrics each week over the winter months, uh, between uh, the first week in December and up until March. So uh, the performance against everything uh, is appalling at the moment and it's a really really worrying situation um so not one of the 118 major hospital trusts 117 sorry uh, hospital trusts which are reporting against four-hour standard at the moment managed to hit the uh, target in november the the overall level uh has fallen to a record low the performance against type one so that's the major Emergency admissions in major departments, again, record low. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time that not a single trust has hit the target. It, it, it would be fair to mention that Luton and Dunstable, which uh, is always up there as one of the best performing trusts, it is currently not reporting against a standard because it's involved in a trial of of new metrics, which could replace the four-hour standard from next year. Uh, but, but still, I mean, I, I think this is a significant day and we're seeing... Each month we report a new low uh, to a point where it sort of feels like uh, people aren't really hearing it because it's like oh it's another record low well you know last month was a record yeah like I mean, this the
0: month. fact they're not hearing it although we're trying to move on beyond the election in, in this discussion but it is in, comes against a really interesting backdrop of, of um, despite the big case in Leeds of the the child um, sleeping on the floor in, in L- Leeds general infirmary. It, it, waiting lists didn't really bite and didn't really uh, become an enormous issue. Uh, no. waiting lists and waiting times.
2: I think Labour, as as we said last week, they've they focused a lot of their energy in terms of NHS on uh, the NHS not being for sale, privatisation, and this issue with uh, the US trade deal. When in fact, what a lot of people will be worried about is how long they have to wait for appointments how long they have to wait uh, in A&E and uh, yeah that that it, it did come up to be fair but um it certainly wasn't one of the key attack lines uh, and a lot of commentators think that Labour missed a trick there
0: mm-hmm. back in reality it's uh, it's an enormous issue that the, the NHS is dealing with even earlier than than even usual even earlier than uh, usual yeah and so the other um Joy, waiting for for the health service, and uh, now the election is over. Is is Brexit um, both in the short term? Of there is a an end of January um, Brexit deadline, yeah. which of course the Conservative government, with a very large majority, is is full square behind, and um, and then another deadline at the end of the year. So w- where's the NHS on on red- Brexit? So
2: yeah, just a, a quick recap. Uh, the NHS was originally preparing, um, has been preparing for a no deal for a very long time um, as a contingency plan. The the main concerns uh, for the NHS around Brexit are largely to do with uh, continuity of supply of drugs and other medical supplies, uh, the workforce, uh, and the state of the economy, uh, because obviously it's a taxpayer-funded service, so um, uh, what's bad for the economy is bad for the NHS. Uh, where are we up to? Withdrawal bill will uh, go back in to the Commons this month. Then uh, we move towards Brexit Day um, on January the 31st. And assuming uh, everything goes as is expected, which hasn't always been the case with Brexit, but assuming everything does, then um, uh, the the UK will be out of Europe by. Um, the 1st of February, hurrah, uh, everything's done. No, of course it's not. We know that's not remotely true. Um, Despite the get Brexit done slogan, we know that we just move into the next phase of Brexit, which is negotiations with the EU on a trade deal, which uh, are being proposed on a rather ambitious timeline that everything will be agreed by December 2020, so that's under a year for a huge trade deal. And these trade deals, talk to trade experts, they say they can take up to 10 years. So this would be really uh, some pretty uh, nifty footwork if they can get it done by then. But um, uh, if they do, then, well, um, we'll move into that next phase. Um, If not, then the, the threat of no deal is back on the table, or there could be an extension to the transition period. So it's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, The potential of no deal is still on the table. And um, yeah, it's just going to keep on. Sucking in bandwidth mm. and cost.
0: Mm. It seems to me, I mean, the, the NHS will continue. You know, NHS and its sort of many voices uh, aligned with it will be pressing now in a slightly different political climate for um, a soft for uh, as softer Brexit as they can get in relation to workforce, in relation to medicines, in relation to to various um, factors. And and there is although it seems. Um, it's probably just a note of, of, of wildly misguided optimism at the moment. But this morning, various people are speculating that, you know, with the big majority, actually, Boris Johnson doesn't have to pay heed to the European research group, the Brexit extremists. And there's some kind of there's, there's a small possibility that he could kind of pivot to a much softer Brexit, which I imagine is, is something the NHS people will sort of certainly be be calling for and seeking you know, in relation to yep. workforce as well. They
2: will be. Um, I gave up trying to predict what might happen on Brexit a long time ago. Yeah. I gave up trying to give up um trying to predict what Boris Johnson might do uh, even longer ago. So so who who knows uh, what could happen uh, on those b- but yeah, yeah, that, that will can be predict what the, the, uh, the kind of uh, lobbying lines will be yeah. uh for as soft a Brexit as possible. Pushing afresh there. Okay.
0: Um and and Annabelle, the sort of the, the the immediate um sort of policy piece on on workforce is that NHS people plan that the nhs has sort of been uh, developing for some time now slightly lost track of when that strategy started um, yes. but we're now we're now expecting quite soon
1: many moons ago um yes no it's expected um i'm being told now in the first six weeks of the new year um i'm sure the appetite is to publish it sooner rather than later um as we were it was meant to be published before the election um so yeah i think there'll be some really important things in there um perhaps particularly around um, kind of staff morale and the importance of kind of managers and leadership and all those things that I think are key to retaining staff, which is a, f- a real kind of, I think is uh, the NHS is gonna be depending on keeping its staff if yeah. it's going to stay afloat.
0: Yeah, yeah, keeping keeping them makes more of a difference than, than recruiting them in, in, mm. in many ways. And um, we had an, the interesting story this week, didn't we, from um, our colleague Sharon, Brennan about Number ten sort of particular interest in some kind of uh, new and uh, whizzy way of tracking NHS morale, I, I guess, the sort mm. of, um, you know, of which many people within the NHS were immediately uh, highly sceptical, um, you know, quite, I quite rightly in many ways. so, yeah. But mm. they sort of, the, the, the idea being, again, it'll be interesting to see whether this continues. Um, now they have won an election, the idea being that the the Prime Minister and his his colleagues actually are interested in, in NHS uh morale and reform and things like that
1: mm-hmm. um, and I think quite a few trusts do have a kind of an internal handle on this and um, just yesterday I was um, at an event where Jim Mackey was speaking and he was talking about how their trust is a kind of a staff happiness um, piece of work or kind of survey I suppose it's separate to the staff survey as they're acutely aware that your staff well-being is is know at risk at the moment considering the horrendous pressures that everybody's on
0: yeah and part of this major reality check that the that, that, that back within the nhs operationally we're going through enormous um, enormous uh, operational mm. problems and a uh, workforce uh, crisis and yeah. and and you 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 would talking earlier as well about the pensions issue and how the election yes. might shape that pensions tax yeah
1: interesting yeah. cuz i mean we know the tories have um have pledged to look at the taper and i think it's tricky, but um, I think the indication is that it could potentially be scrapped. I mean, it's not 100% because you know noth- nothing really is, but um, I know the BMA certainly will be picking up their lobbying now and saying, look, you, you said you'd look at this. You need to look at this. We're hemorrhaging consultants. And every board paper I'm reading at the moment, every doctor, every manager, senior manager I speak to is saying, we don't have enough senior doctors. We don't have enough
2: consultants. I'd just add to that that the performance data completely backs this up. I mean, everything falling off a cliff. The the major difference between uh, this winter and last winter is the pensions crisis. Mm. So, um, and I know it's something that uh, NHS England is something they, they're they certainly joining the two.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- But then I think the question is, okay, so if they, if they scrap the taper, um, eradicate the chance of these awful tax bills, will people come back? Considering the state it's in at the moment, considering the additional pressures, I don't know if I would. <laughs> no,
0: uh,
2: I I wouldn't blame people who don't.
0: Mm. Maybe too late. Um, and the the uh, but, but, the, but the, a reminder the um, tax taper issue. A reminder that a key date um, uh, practically for the NHS will be the the next budget, um, which I think we've been led to believe would be February or. Or March, um, but it but it's probably movable now. The government's in with a large majority. They'll be thinking about when they want to carry out their budget, which will shape many of these shape many of these things. Um, another uh, for NHS leaders, um, other practical um, things to be getting on with, uh, 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 and sort of reality checks will come to the fore with the, the annual planning process, which um, we're all at HSJ used to the prospect of planning guidance dropping on sort of the, the, the 23rd, 22nd of, of December, uh, um, I think most likely will all the important stuff we we'll actually won't get until early next year now in terms of planning guidance and um, the long-term plan implementation plan that has been uh, uh, kind of promised and explored since the publication of the long-term plan um which is intended to set out here uh, to turn the the long term plan vision into slightly more granular delivery stuff and um officials and so on now will be working on on uh, updating that in light of the, the 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 new government and the commitments that that have been made there and in light of all the the 40 uh, odd um local system plans that have been developed over the past Few months, so there's various um planning work to go on there and and chief execs in the NHS are due to get together for the kind of annual um uh the bosses talk at you kind of sessions in London and Leeds next week, where they and um and will be given uh the kind of key headlines on on planning guidance, um. Going into um, two th- for going into 2020, 2021, I don't think we're expecting vast um, changes from the kind of planning rules that have that have already been been trailed and hinted at in the long-term plan. But I do think that going into that planning will will bring a sort of third uh, prong of reality check to. Um, to the kind of commitments made by the Conservatives and and other parties in, in the election. We've had to kind of reality check on Winter from James and reality check on workforce um, crisis from, from Annabelle and, and, and on Brexit from James. And there's kind of a reality check on the financial situation as well, isn't there? Because um, the NHS continues to have pretty substantial underlying deficits and it will do going into 2020-21 so the funding commitments that the that the uh, government and conservative party have made while they are um while uh, as has been um described many times they're greater than the, this funding settlement is better than the NHS has seen over the last um five and ten years, but there's still a long way to go before the NHS um funding round is is away before the NHS funding situation is is kind of refloated to a healthy position. And we were just, I think Annabelle in particular you were keen to have a a a a final word on the what you see at many general elections, but particularly at this one with a large change in seats, we see um. See so a changing of the guard of the big the big MPs that have played a mm. played a major role in, in health in Parliament.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Sarah Williston is probably the biggest name there we were talking yeah. before. Um, obviously leader of the Health Select Committee. Um huge role in holding the government to account who's going to take up that mantle now. Um other big names, Luciana Berger, um, and then other MPs I'm thinking, um, particularly Labour, Paula Sheriff, Julie Cooper, MPs that I think have had a really strong track record mm. in mm. um you know, stand standing up for the NHS. And yeah, and um, yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a shame that they've gone. Um,
2: Definitely, I, I think S- Sarah Wallaston, uh, especially, deserves the thanks of the NHS because she's done a great job over a number of years.
0: Mm. And the other the other kind of um, uh, symbolic note of interest in terms of healthcare MPs was the the victor in Blythe Valley, the seat that went from in 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 uh, Northumberland that went from that went from uh, Labour to Conservatives um, and, and was a health worker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I- Ian Levy, I think his name was, um, yeah, that was a fascinating result. It was, yeah. Yeah, Going going blue for the first first time, was it ever? I don't know, but certainly for a long for time. For a long time, um, 50s. 50s, I yeah. Know, I, th- I think it was the 50s, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think a mental health um, support worker. Um, I think there was a bit of confusion I was noticing on social media. Um, around whether he was a nurse or not. But I think that's now that's slightly by the by because he's, he's the not. MP and heading to London, as he said in his um, speech.
0: And, he's a, and he's, a, he's a care worker, yeah. Mm. So big major shift in skill mix in the, in the House of Commons. Okay, thank you everybody uh, for joining us. I hope that was a useful guide to the next few weeks and months as, uh, as the NHS adjusts to a to new change in government we will be here um uh, we will have another episode for you over the christmas period precisely what day that will arrive i'm not yet sure but we'll chew over what some of the big issues are going to be in the new year for the nhs and as ever we're available to download on the hsj website hsj.co.uk across all the major channels and really grateful if you can subscribe and share our podcast if there's any issues or feedback you'd like to let us know about, please get in touch, Dave at Dave W. West on Twitter or email dave.west at wilmingtonhealthcare.com. Thank you very much. See you soon.